We're following the leader, the leader, the leader. We're following the leader wherever he may go. Well, that's what we talk about today. Following the leader. Well, welcome to another podcast here with Steve, Eddie, and Peter. Nice to see you, Peter. Hello. Good to have you here on uh, with us on podcast. And yes, we did intro in with Peter Pan's Walt Disney's Peter Pan. We were just talking about copyright before we got the podcast started. I wonder. I wonder if there's a certain amount of time that I can do that and sing that song without Disney like cutting us off. Yeah. So we'll just. Have you Peter Pan? You say yes, yeah, Peter Pan. That's right. You remember that when <laughs> yeah. uh, when they were getting on on I did. a row? And, okay, I used that clip. Yeah, I. I you know what? You just used that clip about a month yeah. ago. Following later. Speaking of which, is Peter, you could have taken us through a couple of rounds of uh, Peter I, says. I, Remember yeah. that? Did you think about that? I, well, Peter says. Peter says, put your hand on your head. Take your hand yeah, down. And then I, everybody had to sit down and messed up. Isn't it? Isn't it Simon? So wouldn't it be it Simon, Simon Peter? Yeah. Simon well, Peter says. Could have done that. <laughs> Simon oh, Peter says. Uh, oh, you missed opportunities. Man, there. Yeah. you could have done it. Oh man. I never won that game in my life, so I just. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's really good. I like that. It's good stuff, guys. Um, so yeah, we we're going to be getting into that and talking about um, following the leader and, and Peter's message from Sunday. But I'm really glad that you guys are here today. The sun is shining now. It's not going to be as as uh, warm as it has been in the last couple days. It's crazy, 65 and 70. I think we even got up to yesterday. But um, we're gonna. I don't think we're going to stay there, guys. Uh, we're going to drop to 45 a day and then hit a little cold spell, and then hopefully we'll get cruising back up yeah. for for a spring. But yeah. uh, Ash Wednesday was yesterday. Now, Peter, at your home, do you do anything with the kids or yourself with Lenten season or anything mm, of that? Not specifically, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, there's, it's, it's very interesting. I know the Methodist Church, for instance, here in town. Yeah, that's where they. Our that mayor yeah. will will talk about that, and yeah. they they do talk about um, kind of during that forty days prior to the resurrection, prior to Easter, they go through processes of. A lot, a lot of times, people will stop Give eating stuff. meat. Yeah, they'll eat only fish, maybe, or something. And that you heard that from Catholic, Catholic side or whatever. But Kurt had a great idea. We just give up cell phones. Just give up cell phones. Not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You imagine that. We'd Jeez. be in trouble in 40 days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be real. <laughs> Where have you been? Well, I've been yeah. around in town. Well, I haven't run into you. <laughs> but you know, in the Muslim faith, they Ramadan, they do that. Mm-hmm. They, but they don't. What is it? They don't. They don't. Do, they don't eat all day or something like. After you know sundown what I'm saying? or something. something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Some, some some deal like that. But they do. They, they they sacrifice. Uh, and I guess. You know, yeah, I, I, I maybe I'm remiss at this, but as far as Lent and I've never, as far as in my ministries, never really um, done a lot with that whole concept. It's like all the different colors at, at Christmas during Advent that priests and some mm-hmm. pastors will wear different scarves. I don't, I don't do that. I guess I would. I, I guess the problem is that if you look at tradition as the enemy i think some things are left out and i think the church loses some things when you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh, cuz there there're certain traditions that are good and then yeah. some you don't yeah. follow yeah 
but you, you try to be a free spirit and let the Holy Spirit lead you, you know, and sometimes you don't go down that traditional path so much. Yeah, so. I think it can get to a point where with uh, liturgy or, or with the processes of just ritual um, things that it can be become uh, a hardened fact. But I think that, like, for, for instance, with Jude, um, my 12-year-old, uh, Wednesday night I was talking to him, and I just shared I wanted to bring it to his perspective. I said something about Ash Wednesday uh, and told him that I was doing a, a devotion from the Bible app about uh, the Lenten season and Ash Wednesday and, and getting a focus in on, on just the beginning part of that. And so I told him a little bit about those types of things. I said, you know what, maybe, maybe it's not getting off of phone or digital stuff altogether, but maybe it's saying, you know what, I've been spending this amount of time or at this point in time, I'm not going to spend X amount of time on, you know, from or from a certain time. Um, I'm going to leave that open and I'm going to I'm going to do a devotion during that time or I'm going to do things that are different um, did, did, to draw some specific. And that's a good Did Ash Wednesday come out of the Catholic tradition? Oh, I couldn't tell you exactly the history. I, I, I would I'm say. guessing it did. I'd, yeah, I, if I was going to say. Yeah, I, I haven't studied that I, yet. I just kind of figured that, that that's the way it was. Yeah. I, so, I wonder if that will come up in our history uh, class here. You guys we, probably need to know that. Yeah, we might. Yeah. We might need to know that. <laughs> well, you, you can I tell your listeners, they're both of you going to seminary, so I'm proud of you. I want, to, want you to know that. So. Well, we are uh, definitely making it happen. Yes. Yeah. But I think so, the point of... Of it is not just we, we've come to where now it's not just about the ritual of doing it, but it's about the idea is to to remember Easter and kind of look forward to it. Just like Advent, you're looking forward to Christmas, and mm-hmm. so we have done things in the past. I mean, I don't know. Right now, we're in a busy season, so we haven't haven't done anything right now. But uh, but to prepare your heart and just be reflective That's and it. and That's you know, in, in whatever way God leads you, you know, to remember, you know, this time. Yeah, and uh, awesome. it's good stuff. I uh, any time that we can, especially, especially preface Easter and getting our hearts prepared and understanding uh, the depth of that. That's such a, a huge benefit. Mm-hmm. Here's Absolutely. a little tidbit of information. Here it comes. He's looked it up. Ash Wednesday <laughs> is a day when. Millions of Catholics will see ashes on their foreheads as an outward sign of our need for repentance. Where do the ashes come from? It, by tradition, the ashes that are used for Ash Wednesday are obtained by burning the palms left over from Palm Sunday celebration. Now, did they have the to year do that before. a year before? Okay. Yeah, that's, all right. So there you go. That's all I'm giving you today. So. <laughs> well, that's enough. I appreciate that. There you go. Well, now that you've learned a little tidbit of information Eddie is I don't know if you know this or not about Eddie but he is all about trivia and so the trivia uh, within if you've listened to sermons or even this podcast he'll bring up trivia and it's good stuff it just kind of pulls out the history and what's going on and so sometimes it'll be little bits of trivia that you just don't know if you'll ever use again but if you are playing trivia pursuit with this man it It'll, a question will come up, and he'll go, uh, Vladimir Putin. Yeah, You want him on your team. And all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> and that is why I think when Diane and I was looking for our stone, on my side, she just wanted to put a question mark and say, who's buried here? <laughs> 
that's awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> My middle name is Regress. I see. So, digress. Uh, I digress. Digress. That's digress. digress. Yeah, that's right. Uh, either way. Oh, my. Oh, uh, well, uh, you know, the great way uh, to take that is to transition into actually prayer. Yeah. So we're going <laughs> to pray now. Well, I. And, uh, good idea. And well, get I, ready. Well, I first saw you this morning, I was upset. Uh, watching video of Ukraine just mm. makes me cry. Yeah. Because it shows little kids. Yeah. They're displaced and are crying because their life has been totally destroyed almost. Uh, so, you know, I, we just pray for God's intervention in, in that mess. Well, I was going to so. mention this later um, in the podcast, um, but I'll go ahead and do it right now because I think it's so very important for everyone to hear. I'll be also sending out a calling post, um, but I'm calling the men of the church out to um, join in a time of prayer Saturday morning at 6 a.m. here um, in the theater. And we're going to be praying for the Ukraine uh, people. And so if you can join um, and be want to be a part of the Men of Action uh, prayer uh, team time uh, Saturday morning at 6, um, we're going to do it. And so I want to invite you, and if... Uh, if this is a wife of a husband that's listening and your husbands do not listen, go ahead and prompt them and make that note right now. But 6 a.m. this coming Saturday, um, that would be March the 5th, and uh, we're going to have a time of prayer. And I uh, sure appreciate uh, just your sensitive heart, Pastor, and, um, and what we need to continue to be reminded of as we are purposing ourselves um, to stand in the gap. And uh, we need to do that. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. All sovereign God. All loving God. Um, omnipotent. Omniscient. And all powerful. So Lord, we come to you um, very humbly and transparent. And asking, even before we get the rest of this started, that you would cover and protect the people of Ukraine yes. today. Lord, I pray that you'd be with the, the leaders that are making these, these decisions to, to attack and um, from Russia. And I just pray that you would intervene, you would stop. And, and Lord, I know that um, there's evil out in the world. There's different things that are going on. And, and it's not just the Russia attacking Ukraine, but there's other places in the world. And, and uh, it, it, it has, it's happening all the time. Maybe it's Pakistan or whether it's in Africa somewhere, but um, not just there, but in the United States. And I don't mean to digress with this prayer, Father, but to, uh, just to come bring back to the center that the Ukrainian people desperately need your protection. So I just ask in the name of Jesus that you would protect them and hold them up and be with the Christians there in Ukraine that, that they would have a firm foundation, of, uh, remember their firm foundation and stand firmly to pray and to, to, um, to help those that are in need. But Lord, I just pray that you protect them, be with them. We, we, we think of Psalms 91 and how that, uh, the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, I just pray that um, all that, like these little children desperately need you, 
I pray that they will be able to find refuge and they would find their mom and dad and and all of these uh, tragedies, Lord, I pray. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers and thank you for um, reaching down and protecting. We do know that you're at work. So, Father, I pray that you would be with the rest of this podcast. May you be so evident in our time together as we share with one another. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, I was thinking if we were Jewish, you could wear your hat. You're supposed to wear your hat when you pray. Well, At the yeah. Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, you have to put a paper yarmulke on to go up there. You guys can't see him because we don't have the video podcast yet. That's something I'm thinking about. Yeah, well, yeah. But they, they both have hats on, and they were taking their hats off, and that's why they... Eddie mentioned that. Um, sometimes i got to put words to the picture that's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I well, mean, you know, that's the... It might be too scary having a video podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I had to dress better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Pastor, why don't you go ahead and intro in Peter or uh, however we'd want to do this, but maybe just give the, well, the again, title I, of the message. I just and, want to tell you, too, how proud I am uh, of you that you're part of this body uh, and you have both started to, to preach. And what a, what a great asset that is that... I know a lot of guys that pastor a whole lifetime and never have anybody within the context of their body that, well, that goes two ways. They wouldn't let them behind the pulpit, <laughs> but that that have you know have been called and and gifted that way. So I, I don't I don't I'm not blowing smoke here. I'm telling you the truth that I really I'm proud of you guys. And uh, Peter spoke Sunday, and Steve's got some coming up, but it it's a. a I think it's all in this process as God moves us along. And I have to reiterate the people over and over and over again. The crossroads belongs to, to Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. He's allowed us to come in. And what are we more than anything else? We're servants. Right. And you guys see that bringing the word of God is a big deal. And uh, you see that as an act of servanthood. And that's the way that it's supposed to be. So. Uh, Peter uh, talked about uh, following the leader uh, Sunday, and uh, uh, Peter, you want to kind of give us an outline of that, if you will? I've taken tons of notes, which I can't read. Half of them, but uh, <laughs> well, I uh, I started talking about Solomon because Solomon is one of these guys in the Bible who did not end well, even though he had all these. He had an amazing start being the son of David and then having encounters with the Lord, even seeing the temple built and then seeing the temple filled with the glory of the Lord and fire coming down. And So he he had an intimate awareness of God being yeah. God, but yet it is, at the end of his life, he turned away from God. And so to me, that is like, you know, whoa, what happened? You know, because I don't want to, you know, I want to end well. I don't want to get to the end of my life and turn away sure from God. Are you sure this is not aimed at me? No, it's not. It's aimed at all of us because I think if you read this stuff, sometimes we have this question of if Solomon couldn't end well, then what hope do I have? Because I haven't seen the temple full of God's glory like that. And so um, I've been thinking about this a lot. I feel like it comes down to, I call it following the leader, but it's about following Jesus and, and following him daily. It's all the time. And so we first talked about how disciples are followers. And when Jesus called his first group you know they you know you think of the disciples by the by the water and they just drop their nets to follow him and so we have this picture of turning from something to follow after jesus and 
And yeah. in that vein, sometimes we think that seems harsh mm-hmm. when somebody says, you know, i got to go home and bury my dad or whatever. Right. He said, let the dead bury the dead. Yeah. It, it, you have to know what what the whole what's at stake here in yeah. a sense because to, to naturally that that would sound cruel almost yeah it does sometimes it, it feels like we're giving up things that should be important to Jesus yeah. and it feels like we have to give it up and I think what you find is you actually get to take care of you, you, he wants you to take care of the things right. you know but it's more about a heart posture of of doing it with him or following him yeah. while you're doing it and you know having your heart in the right place. Um, so, and, and so that goes into the, the idea of uh, the Matthew where Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, just deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And so there's this idea that there is a cost involved. Um, and, and sometimes we make light of that. We want people to come to the Lord. We, grace is free. Like he, his grace is poured out. We don't have to do anything to earn his grace, his love. However, once we've encountered him, you know, there is a turning. You know, I think uh, I was thinking about the the word repentance means we change our mind or right. we change our direction. Which we were going one way, we repent, we turn and go another way, and that's the same idea as with discipleship. Is where you're going along one way, and then you meet Jesus, and it, you can't just keep going that way anymore because He changes us. He changes our appetites and the things we thought were important. Suddenly, we have a new a new system to gauge what's important in life because now we have a kingdom mindset right. you know so yeah. to keep doing what we were doing before is almost like beneath us you know what i mean yeah. in some way it's like because he's called us to different things and so life is kind of about an exploration of what are these things that i can I, i'm called to now so i'm a little off my notes but but it's like it's a big concept of you know we we feel like we can't let go of those nets when God may have greater things in mind that we can't even dream or imagine, yeah. and you don't even know until you you let go of your net and you start following, then you find whatever that out. net is. Yeah. yeah. And so we talked then about how discipleship is a lifestyle. It's not just something you do once. Um, like we don't just eat one big meal. We eat often. We have to re re uh, refill. You know. And so discipleship is a. A lifestyle it's it's things we have to do daily um, to follow him kind of like an athlete you know is training and they have certain disciplines and they're very you know regimented, regimented about it, rigorous about it and if, if they want to be the champion they have to train and and they, they talk about it all the time it's they're like, like you said that's seven days a week it's seven days a week and and they, they're thinking you know the guy I'm gonna compete against is training today so I got to be training today and so we always have this mindset of I've got to follow Jesus today I can't just do it Sunday morning you know it's every day it becomes a lifestyle it's just who we are we are followers and so it just becomes who we are just like a pro athlete is it becomes their identity and sometimes that's not good but as a follower of Jesus everything that's good in our life comes through that so like that lifestyle is actually what empowers us to do life better Mm -hmm. a lot of ways the fruit of it well in a sense what this reminds me of what you guys talked about earlier is david livingston it Mm. cost him everything yeah but the impact that he made was phenomenal in africa yeah yeah and the world would look at people that give up things I mean, it's crazy. Like, why would you give up all that to go to, to go to people that don't even want to hear from you? You know what I mean? But, yeah. 
that's that's God changes us. He gives us a different priorities in life, I suppose. And yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. So I talked about all these things. What does it look like to follow Jesus? It's it could be imitating him there there are different seasons so sometimes it's a season of learning how to connect to him and follow him closely and learn his voice and then there's other times where it's adventurous and risky you know like getting out of the boat um but learning to follow him is you know can take us a lot of different directions so let's let me just interject real quick there because there are absolutely different seasons of our life um we all have stories here that we can share. Um, what comes to mind, and let's all share briefly, um, of a, a time where God, the Spirit of God, was um, pressing into our heart to do something that was out of our box. Um, oh yeah, inevitably what rises to the surface to me is that leave the church in Mount Carroll and come down here with no people and <laughs> start a church. So uh, nothing has ever really even compared to that, actually. Uh-huh. You go, if you're you pastor, you go into an established church, you you know you know stuff. You know there's people there. You know uh, you're secure in the fact that you're probably going to get a paycheck and on and on. But when you go into the unknown... It, you know, Church of God helped us, and I had a paycheck for a year or two, but after that, it was, you know, uncertain. Mm-hmm. So, but, boy, look what God did. I still sit and just scratch my head that what God had, has done here uh, when we came and there was only four people. And, and we look today, uh, it's overwhelming to me to see, uh, I think what really gives me the most joy sometimes is when the kids do things and there's this whole stage full of children and I think in my mind you know if I hadn't been obedient maybe that wouldn't have happened I don't know maybe it would have happened through somebody else but mm-hmm. that's I guess that would be mine Steve is yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, uh, it I, and you know this in, in my heart and uh, uh, this was my opus my masterpiece so to speak even though God did it you know, you remember Mr. Holland's opus? They got together and played that music for. But this, I think of since I became a Christ in my twenties, I he was grooming me for this time, for this season right here, and I think that's why I, I know I spent 14 years up up north uh, in training, so to speak. I always say that was my wilderness experience, but. For this time, for a time such as this, I'll, I'll go to the grave believing that. So, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Peter, what about you? Um, as far as seasons, I, I think of uh, I've kind of been in a season of I would call it hiddenness, where you feel like God's doing all this stuff in my heart, and I don't know what to do with it. Feeling, <laughs> and uh, and it can be a frustrating place sometimes when you're like. You, you want to, you know, you're just reading and, and you're, you're spending time with the Lord. He, it's been a season of learning to just be still, to be quiet, to be, to listen and not talk as much, to, to, to learn those kind of, to learn self-care, you know, in the middle of that, to take care of myself and all, all kinds of ways. And then 
the season we're in kind of right now is maybe more like planting seeds. You know, we're in seminary and we're taking on the kids ministry here. And there's all this new stuff where we're, we're like uh, tilling up new soil is kind of the feeling. And yeah. we were just talking this morning about how this is, this season is not forever. You know, there's a time of when you're tilling up the soil and then there's a time that comes after when you get to harvest, you get to cultivate. And so, um, but we're, it's a very intense season right now, and but you have to remember this is not forever. <laughs> that helps yeah. you get through, like class is only for, you know, we'll get a break. And so that helps you get through those really busy times. And so, but it's it's some of those, you know, I heard a, I was in a business course and they were talking about how um, balanced life is kind of a myth. Instead, it kind of, you go from counterbalancing to counterbalancing, like you're swinging from, one side to the other and right now we're kind of in this really intense time and then but it'll swing to back to more restful calm and that kind of how we do life sometimes it's you know it has its seasons that come and go and and so there are parts of it that have to remain steady and i feel like that's what he was teaching me back in that quiet time is to have that foundation of the self-care the the quiet times with him and some of that stuff that helps you through the crazy times maybe Mm -hmm. you know if you keep on those um, that's what brings you kind of the stability, the anchor through those rough times. Mm-hmm. But I hope I answered your question. <laughs> well, that's good, and because it is it speaks well of discipleship, um, in the very sense of the the, the calling onto our lives, the processes, the seasons in, into our lives of what, uh, where we're going, what we're doing, maybe even reevaluating a season. Maybe we've been doing something. And it's been very good, but we we continue to go along hand in hand with God, and we say, Father, um, this is where I've been, or this is where you've led me. Um, what does it look for this season coming in, uh, the, up to it? Do you want me still in it, or do you want me to be on the outskirts? Are you pulling me into it? You know, for instance, and and so sometimes. We can be watching something from the outside and wondering and looking and cheering it on, cheering the other disciples on from the outside, and maybe God's calling you in, you know, um, to go ahead. And that's a little bit of the calling that each of us have here. That's a part of that, too, for many, many years. Um, And I'll just kind of briefly talk about one, maybe jump to another, but many, many years I didn't want to ride on the shirt tail of my dad, my grandpa, my uncle's those that were all in the ministry around me. I knew the ministry. I knew I've been been a part of it for all my life. And so I wanted to make sure that I was called. And so in that process, there was a lot of searching in, internally. And Father, I'm not going to just jump into this unless you want it, unless you've called. And it wasn't until the age of 27 um, that he did finally call. And uh, that was just... You know, I tell that testimony over and over again about the fact that I was sitting in the car and I was talking to the father. Um, it was a year after the accident. I was still in a little bit of recovery mode and and uh, just praying and and um, I was I was kind of asking that question again of him, Father, where do you want me to go? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to be when I grow up? It was that it was that feeling mm-hmm. like I know what I'm doing right now is not where you are going to leave me. So where do you want me? And he, the Spirit of the Lord, just spoke to my spirit and said, "Where have been? Le- where have I been leading you?" And it was through music, and it was through leading worship, and and that pastoral. And so I, I began to, to think back about where he had led, through 
times before I went into to high school and then through high school and and through college and 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 so here's my as I was starting to think about all that I I said well it's worship worship leading or worship pastoring or pastoring and and I really feel that that the music side of it is where you want me to go and and I said and as as his response was starting I kind of cut him off and I said but I don't have the schooling for it and I don't have this I just got I've got the gifts and that's and he's like okay and I'm the gift giver and what did I do with Abraham and Moses and Isaac and these guys that have just trust me so will you trust me Steve and I had to just lay it down and I said I do trust you father and I said when you call because now I'm expecting it when you call and ready to go I'll say yes and I'll make the arrangements of what I got to do but now I'm anticipating anticipating it happened to be with me that it was the next morning I was drinking coffee in the kitchen and got the phone call and the pastor on the other line was asking me you know saying hey this is Pastor Steve Lesser from Peoria the First Church of the Nazarene and we saw you give your testimony and you were with your baby and and uh, he sang a song, and we're looking for a worship pastor. Would you like to come and, and take an interview with us? And I'm just, I pulled the phone away from my, I remember it as clear as day, just pulled, I looked up to the ceiling like, are you kidding me, Lord? Yeah. And it was just this awesome thing. And, and from that on, that time on, I just knew, knew for sure, um, just on that calling. But as we roll in and out of the different seasons, you know, I think we could probably all tell of another story and another story. And so as we disciple and we go through these these seasons, as you're stating, we have to be sensitive. Sometimes we can get into a disciple rut. And it's like, well, I'm complacent here. I'm, I'm good or I'm complacent, but I'm comfortable here. You know, and so um, anyway, yeah, it's good stuff. And thanks for sharing, guys. Yeah. And Peter, would you like to go ahead and... Yeah, I've, I've just I've thought of that as the posture of just saying yes to Jesus, like always having the attitude of yes to Jesus, which I hear you talking about. You're like, when you get to that place of if you call, I'm going to say yes, like whatever you like, that's what a follower of Jesus is doing. Like, we don't always know what it is or when it's going to come. But like, it's this heart position of when I hear you call, I'm going to say yes. And uh, but so then the problem is, how do you hear that voice? How do you discern that voice? How do you know what it is? And so this kind of goes into the last point, which is that we follow with other followers. And this is actually super important, is that we, we do this with other people. We talk about how the body of Christ is, all, all of us are different members of the body of Christ. And uh, that's, that's actually true. A lot of times that's how you hear God's voice, you know, you pr- you may be praying to Him, but He may speak through somebody else that thing that you need, that thing you're really praying for, and 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 a lot of times for me, that's where the healing actually comes. You know, it's through it's through that acceptance and having other people that get to know your heart, and then they they see things in you that you didn't really know was there. You know, but God knew they were there, and so they get to call it out, and so. That's that's one reason why church is so important. Gathering together, it's not just to hear the message, but it's because of that that doing life together dynamic where we get to help each other. Mm-hmm. You know, hear the voice of the Lord. And I feel like doing this. Do you think that's crazy? And then they're like, "Well, you might pray about it." Like we we digest it together. I think so much of the stuff in our Christian life, it's not just cut and dry, easy 
to figure out. You know, there's always a, a wrestling involved where we we take something we think and we wrestle with somebody else and and all this truth, all the stuff we're doing in seminary. I mean, I, I would describe it right now as wrestling. Like you learn about all these things that we've done over the history, and we're wrestling with what is God's heart? Where was where was the church in all this, and how do we do it better? And so there's all this tension and wrestling that goes on. And that is actually where we get close to Jesus because we realize we need him and we need each other to get to make any progress on this path. So, right. Well, and what I, I appreciated the, the last thing I wrote down. Jesus desires we speak his words into each other's lives. That's, mm-hmm. that's profound. And that, yeah. you're right. And to, for us to be close enough to do that because a lot of times people don't want to hear some words. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and that's usually the danger sign is when people have isolated themselves. You know, we go back to Solomon and we wonder, did he have people in his life that could speak into his life? Probably not. Like David had the prophet Nathan that yeah. came to him and and was able to bring out his sin. And David was repentant. But, you know, Solomon, that didn't happen. At least it's not in the Bible. And so we, we're, it's a cautionary tale to us, like, to have people in our life that can challenge us yeah. um, to keep us because we actually want to stay on the path. And so we have to have that to just to, to do it, to do it well. So. And even though sometimes you hear it repeatedly, you don't do it. Yeah. I, I, this is, in the last two or three years, I think people sometimes are hesitant to point out your weaknesses. Yeah. But you need to hear them sometimes. And it's amazing in the last six months how many people have told me that I'm not confrontational. If there was a weakness, maybe one mm-hmm. of the weaknesses of my leadership, it's not. And I had a guy told me the other day, says, you love too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, That's odd, but I've said it about myself sometimes that because of that love, and this is maybe twisted in my head, but telling somebody something that I know is going to hurt them deeply, I don't want to see them in pain. So that's wrong. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I've really been pondering that after that yeah. guy told me that. I think on the other side of that is how, because sometimes we do need people to point out our weaknesses, but almost more of the time, because we often will know our weaknesses. We're pretty, we're pretty down on ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we know. We need yeah. someone to point out, like, you're yeah. actually really good at this, yeah. or God has equipped you to do that. Like, we need people in our life that really know us, that can call out those things where we, we're kind of shy because we're like, I don't know, and they can add, add confidence well, to that. And this guy did this in love, and I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah. So I, th- th- it made me think mm-hmm. that he's probably right. Um, I say this, not tongue-in-cheek, but all honesty, in almost 50, this is 52 years of marriage, uh, I can count on one hand the time my wife's been wrong. That's hard on me. <laughs> How many times yeah, have you been? She's always right. This drives me crazy sometimes. <laughs> but it, it, I'm not joking you. Uh, it's, I'm serious. It's a heart attack. <laughs> so uh, that's what, you know, yeah. oh, God told Adam, I'll make you a help meet. And the Ezer Kenigdo in the Hebrew, that means lifesaver. I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adam, I'm giving you this woman to save your life. And yeah. in my case, that's true. Without Diane, you know, I always said that in my life. It was, it, was, it, was, it was the Marine Corps, Diane, and then Christ. Those three 
three-pronged attack in my life is really got me on the right path. But, uh, you know, I give her a hard time. Yeah. I, but, I, you know, she's, uh, she's part of the reason that yeah. um, I'm at where I'm at as far as in Christ. Well, I'm sure that goes both ways. Yeah. You know, we all help, we help each other. And, yeah. But uh, I suppose if you'd set her down and talk to you. Living with me 52 years is like living in the circus. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have any elephants or monkeys. Well, people pay to go to the circus. <laughs> uh, Steve, real quickly here, you've we. Do you want well, me to just give the title and? I think that I think I'll just wrap up that part with about Peter's uh, message is the fact that um, my book review, talking about seminary, I was on Dietrich Bonhoeffer's uh, Life Together, um, classic um, piece that he wrote around 1937 or so, and. And um, the last part of that, so he's talking about this life together that we live as, as a body of uh, believers. And one of the things that is so important for us to remember, that as we put Jesus first as an individual, and we, and we do that, and we, we follow that first commandment aspect, the love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, the second one comes in, it the fifth chapter of that little book uh, starts off like this confession and communion James uh, 5.16 says confess your faults one to another and then he goes in and says this he writes this these words he who is alone with his sin is utterly alone mm. so here we are as we bring and confess our sin to Jesus Christ which is so important we do it for the, for the forgiveness of our sin. We can do that. But see, here, this is where the next part of it comes, where maybe the altar had come into play, is that when we are then confessing with kind of an, as an outward testimony, there's that time at, at times where it's more than just ourselves at our heart's altar, at the throne of God, at begging for mercy of the sin that we've committed, but, but maybe, and I didn't, wasn't going to say anything about the altar down in the church, but maybe that's kind of where that it, that stems from a little bit. But more so than that, is our confession to one another as brothers and sisters. If we can get into community that way in our discipleship, heaven. We are going to experience a deeper feeling or a deeper free, freedom in Christ than what we had already experienced with the forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. Because now what we're doing is we're saying we're living this thing together. And I've got faults. I've got mm -hmm. these things that I've said. And you know what? Yes, I hear you, brother. I hear you, sister. And this is, my, and this is what I've dealt with. And we're working it together. Now, there's certain ways and the things that he even talks about in this book that there's certain things we've got to be careful about in the way that we do that but it's so important to think in community in doing life together how important it is as the word james five sixteen, confess your faults one to another allowing that to be a freedom and a gift that one will receive that and one pray for you uh compassionately um, join arms with you, help you be accountable, 
I mean, these, there's so much more that it opens up to. And wow, what a beautiful thing in our discipleship as we that look at That verse ends, the effectual fervor of a righteous man will avail with much. That's a King James Version, but I like that. So, yeah, well, yeah. And, and think about that, right? Availeth much. That, that brother that's going to be hearing that goes to battle for you and with you because his heart is of like mind. The Spirit of yeah. God is working in you both, in all of us that believe in Jesus Christ. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. good to know Jesus forgives us, but it's something healing about our brothers and sisters knowing what we did and them forgiving us, yeah. them accepting us, and that's when healing happens. And it's, it's like, oh, you know, and, and it's that's when we can move on. We get transformed. And then, but that relationship that has to form prior to that, that trust factor, yeah. that understanding, that development, allow allow those things to happen. Mm-hmm. Because that nurturing and, and that that is exactly what we're, that's what the body's all about. Yeah. And as we can continue to look for that unity uh, within our smaller circles, which will then go into a bigger circle, and then we do this great thing as Crossroads or as the body within Sullivan County and you know beyond yeah and because of that what you said about forgiveness and there should be no grudges in the kingdom mm-hmm. but that's where the enemy he, he likes to <laughs> yeah yeah and I I've, in 40 years of ministry I know I, I, I've seen some pretty some big grudges that break your heart but yeah. you can't get over it but anyhow yeah. You can know the mind of God. That's that's where we're going next week, and I appreciate you talking about Solomon. Big idea. We need to accept the absolute fact that Almighty God is truly a mystery. Man, we want to figure God out. He, he, he gives us the information and the wisdom that we need to do that. But how many times have you, do you think in the context of one hour, how many followers of Christ in the world say, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or even put him in a put him in a box. Well, you know, <laughs> my text is in 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 Solomon in Ecclesiastes, but Romans eleven thirty three and thirty four. Oh, how great are God's riches and what wisdom and knowledge! How impossible it is for us to understand His decisions and His ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows to, enough to give Him advice? I like that in Job when God comes back to to Job and says. Job, where were you when I threw the stars in space and made the earth? <laughs> First Corinthians two eleven and 16, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. For who can know the Lord's thought? Who knows enough to teach him? You know, and, that, and that's where Solomon gets with this entry uh, in this um, journal of his, he he brings out these mysteries. Here's here's some some thoughts about those mysteries. I'm not going to read this scripture, but um, he he gets he, he gets to the back and he gets farther in that in that passage in, in chapter eight, and he he talks about these three uh, issues that are mysteries to us that we as humans and followers of Christ don't understand. And the first one is the mystery of unjust triumph. You know, the scripture talks about you know, the rain falling on the just and the unjust. But but how many times have you seen within the context followers of Christ really suffering and, and some evil people just get off and they prosper? 
I think that's a mystery to us. I think I, I've heard people talk that about that before, and in the, the mystery of unfair consequences, there's Solomon says this in eight fourteen. There are futility which is done on the earth. There is that is. There are righteous men to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. On the other hand, there are evil men to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. I saw that this too is. Uh, futility for mysteries and that's kind of in that same vein and then uh, the the third one was the mystery of untimely pleasure his response to these other two mysteries is a mystery in itself he communicates it this way so I commended pleasure for there is nothing good for a man under the sun except to eat and drink and to be merry and this will stand by him in the toils throughout the days of his life which God has given him under the sun he Rather, he's advising us to enjoy life and to trust in God even in the face of unsolvable, unsolvable mysteries. That's what he, and he comes down. He, he says, we must admit that we are only human. We must admit that we don't understand why. And we may never learn why while on this earth. And in third, we must admit that there are some things we cannot change no matter how hard we try. We are not in control. God is. Hmm. So that's kind of where it, I know that was a hurried up, but hopefully it'll make more sense when we, we oh, go yeah. through it. That's but what that's it's all where, about. And that's where Solomon is. And I, you know, I've heard a lot of people ask ask different questions about those mysteries. Why? But I always go back to Nicholson's movie, You Can't Handle the Truth. I don't think we can handle a whole load. <laughs> I can barely handle once. this history that you know I'm going through right now. I don't think we could. If you knew, if we knew what was ahead of us, I don't know. It would really increase our faith, I'm sure. But I don't think. I don't think we could. I don't think we can. He gives us what we need, and what's he say? He won't give us more than we can't handle. Yeah. So that that's assurance to me. But there are some days. Mm. I wonder about that. I scratch my head on that. Man, Lord, this is tough business, but you said you won't give me any more than I can handle. So in that sense, God has faith in us. In that vein, he has faith that you, whatever comes to you and you and me, he's got faith that our faith in Christ will get us through that. Or he wouldn't give it to us, right? That's what Yeah, the dependency upon his strength is... That's where you know he continues to to say this over and over again in his word. You know, trust me. You know, at times he there's that command, right? That mm-hmm. it's like it's not he's not asking you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, obey me, trust me. You know, um, and and then we hear the words and we're kind of thinking we make it into a question or or a, something that's debatable. Well, should I? Well, yeah, our our free will, our understanding of under, understanding that, well, we do have a decision. It is kind of like, okay, we have a choice. But the deal is, is that he's putting it out there. I am a God who loves and cares and has mm-hmm. been faithful through my promises. I will stand firm. And all you have to do is stand firm with me. Yep. And I will do it. I will. Mm-hmm. Now, the circumstances around, around us, the wind might blow. And I think about the song promises, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, right away. Um, but everything else might be going chaotic. Mm-hmm. But our peace and our our stability yep. is in, in Christ mm-hmm. alone. Pastor, can you pray for us? Sure. Lord, we love you. I just thank you for my 
brothers here and uh, like I said I'm proud of them and their desire to serve you and to follow you in life and I appreciate them I just pray that you continue to give them wisdom and guidance and uh, power and strength Lord as they uh, go through studying and uh, the ministries that you've called them into and pray for their families as well Lord and help us to be followers of you Lord and uh, as Peter said in his message that that might be a, a daily uh, exercise for us that it's our lifestyle that it's like breathing or anything else that we get so impacted in your kingdom that we see our lives uh, that way so uh, and help us not just to be fans you know there's a difference uh, so in that uh, the book that some of us has read Lord is that are you are you a fan and I don't want to be a fan Lord I want to be I want to be in the game I want to be on the floor playing and I thank you for that so Lord as I look forward to the future um, how you're going to use these two and building your kingdom and uh, myself included Lord as, uh, and as we pray about Solomon you know more than anything else Lord I want to end well mm -hmm. and uh, so that's that's my prayer today we love you God and as Steve said those poor folks in Ukraine Lord and I know that uh, in a tragedy and chaos such as this that true believers are drawn closer to you lord and i know that it will open up huge doors for them to witness to unbelievers so i i pray to give them that power um, and i pray for them lord i pray uh, that something happens within the context of the russian empire that, uh, that something changes putin's mind or or whatever and i know there's a lot of talk these days lord but we we want your will in the whole deal, and I know you hate to see people suffer. So we leave these things in your hands, Lord, and we love you, and we're glad we can trust you. We ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, there's, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Yeah, Peter, that's thanks right. so much for being here today, and we do appreciate uh, your input and, of course, the, the review again over the message. And and so just thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor, again for joining. and. And uh, we look forward to next week as well as we continue on with this. But uh, God is good, folks. And we get to reiterate that over and over and over again. That's right. And we just um, want you to draw closer, to continue to take that time each and every day by yourself, with the Lord, growing stronger, developing more into um, what Christ uh, need you to be and, and reflecting him and that image of Christ when people look at you they say well he or she's got Christ and it is a beautiful thing to know so folks thank you for being with us today um, blessings upon you continue to pray for the Ukraine people and again I will remind you we're having a men's prayer time at 6 a.m. this coming Saturday March 5th here at the church until then Talk to you later. Bye-bye.